In this video, I want to take a look at the photography work of Richard Pousset Dart. Now, this may seem like a little bit of an obscure topic to cover, but it does have an interesting tie-in with some of the stuff we've talked about on the show recently, namely the New York School of Photographers from the 1940s through the 1960s, as well as Saul Leiter. Richard and Saul were very close friends. They were both painters and photographers, and their work has some interesting tie-ins, and we're going to look at that in just a second. If you're not familiar with him, Richard Pousset Dart is known today. He's associated most with the School of Abstract Expressionism that came along in New York in the 1940s through 1960s, maybe into the 70s, that included artists such as VM de Kooning, Jackson Pollock, Mark Rothko, people like that. Uh, his painting work is extremely interesting, and it also is interesting that he had a parallel career for a while as a photographer as well. One of his first jobs out of college was working for a photo retoucher in New York, and it's interesting to see how working with everything from spotting to photo manipulation influenced his work not only as a photographer but also as a painter. His photography is, as you're going to see in a second, is a lot of multi-layered images uh, using multiple exposures, kind of the soft printing technique. And then his paintings, um, I probably said best, as, as Pousset Dart used to say, that, that you know images are all made up of little points of light. And when you look at his paintings, there's a lot of them have this wonderful pointillistic quality where he was literally dabbing the paint on in these thousands of dots that would make up the larger image. So I think it's really interesting to see the possibility of photography inspiring and influencing him both as a photographer, but also as a painter. Anyway, none of this means anything if we don't go look at some work. So without further ado, let's go over and take a look at the work of Richard Pousset Dart. As I mentioned earlier, Richard Pousset Dart is primarily known for his paintings, so finding a photography resource just on his photographs is a little bit difficult, but there is one book that I found that I really like. I'll put a link to this in the show notes, but I got this on Amazon for about $32. Um, this is Absence Presence, Richard Pousset Dart as Photographer, and this is absolutely wonderful, um, very well priced. This was a catalog that was done for an exhibition of the photographs at the Munson Williams Proctor Art Institute, and it's quite good. And so we're going to use this today, and I'm actually going to start um, towards the end of the book and go a little bit out of order here. But uh, Pousset Dart, his uh, photography work is mainly centered around two types of subjects. We have these nature studies, which include everything from like these botanical photograms that he did pretty early on. I think these are the earliest photographs in the book from the 1930s. It encompasses these to uh, there's some uh, some abstracts that are done with ice. And then on the other end of the spectrum, he did portraits. And I'm gonna start with kind of these nature studies first, because I think these are really wonderful. Um, they're not as cutting edge as some of the portrait work is. However, they are quite good, and I really do find it interesting that there is this pictorial, pictorialist element to his work. Um, one of the things I think we do um, with history a lot of times, particularly art history, is we like to put things into little boxes. So everything is either black or white. And I think it is very interesting that we have an artist here who is a very progressive abstract painter in New York who's doing photography that is largely influenced by pictorialism, which is something you think that an abstract painter would be trying to get away from. But I find it interesting that you know when an artist has that kind of sensibility to involve a lot of those things in their work and let it influence them, um, some really wonderful things can come out. I mean, they're not entirely pictorialist. They are blurry in spots and the focus is very selective, but they're very beautiful pictures just the same. Um, these are the ice abstracts, and this is an ice study from the mid-1950s. And it's interesting because these, to me, definitely seem more what you would expect somebody doing photography who's also an abstract painter to do. But at the same time, 
it's, it's really interesting to me to see how somebody uh, goes at portraying abstraction in photography because photography is obviously a medium where we are reproducing light via a lens and it by nature is not abstract and we have to make it so. The other interesting thing is that these bring to mind the work of Wynne Bullock which would have been a little bit later but not too far from the same period of time. Wynne was in California and was a member of the school of artists known for doing straight photography at the time which meant a divorce from pictorialism so you do see an overlap lap there. And Wynn was extremely interesting too and very progressive and these remind me a lot of the color light studies that we've talked about on this show before and I'll link these up as well if you're not familiar with those. Um, he was using not ice but he was using honey, uh, glass, uh, he was using uh, transparency paper that was colored but to a very similar effect that you're seeing in these and I think they're absolutely wonderful. And there's more nature studies in here too. Some of them do become quite abstract. Uh, this is a flower close-up from the mid-1950s that really portrays some of that and some of them are slightly more conventional in terms of what you would expect to see botanical photography be. Uh, but very nicely done, just the same. And uh, his body work here is very good. But where Poussette d'Art really starts to excel are in the portraits. And we're going to ease into this. I'm going to go back um, and I'm going to start with this one, which is not really that abstract or progressive, but it is a very significant portrait just the same. This is Joanna with Cat from 1952. This is his daughter Joanna, who you probably, well, you wouldn't recognize because it's the back of her head, but Joanna is also portrayed in Saul Leiter's book, Early Black and White. And this is one of my favorite Saul Leiter, just candid portraits. Um, the Poussette d'Art family appears quite a bit in this book. There are several portraits of Richard. There are several pictures of he and his wife Evelyn and Joanna as well. And the two were very close friends. And we see that not only were they uh, very close as friends, but I think artistically they were very you know, influenced by one another as well. We also see in the Poussette Dart book, this is a portrait of Saul Leiter from 1947. Now the interesting story about Saul, if you're not familiar with it, um, Saul grew up in a pretty traditional Jewish upbringing and his parents actually wanted him to become a rabbi. And he was interested in that. He went to theology school for a while, but he was also interested in art. And by the time he became an adult, he was really struggling with this and really wanted to be an artist. And I think, you know, Saul kind of declined in later interviews used to go too deep into his relationship with his parents, but I think the home situation was at a point where, you know, as legend has, he just jumped on a bus one night and moved to New York. Um, fairly shortly after moving to New York in 1946, he did meet uh, Richard Pousset Dart. The two became very close friends, as evidenced in the portraits that you see back and forth in these two books, and I think it's, it's, it's extremely significant. It's also interesting because Saul came to New York as a painter and that's what he wanted to do. I think he probably was familiar with photography and had an interest, but he wasn't doing that at the time. Uh, Richard Pousset Dart lent him a Leica, and it was through the urging of Pousset Dart and also their mutual friend, W. Eugene Smith, that Saul actually start pursuing photography and take it seriously. And of course, the rest is history, and we have this wonderful contribution um, of Saul's work that I believe has a lot of influence um, from Richard's work within it, and we'll come back to that a little bit in a second. Uh, back to the Joanna with Cat photo. The other interesting thing about this photo, even though it's, it's lacking a lot of the progressive elements that we're going to see later, is that this image was actually selected by Photography Magazine in one of their International Photo Awards at one third place. It was published widely and Poussette Dart started receiving phone calls for assignment work as a photographer. Now for somebody who is trying to become a painter in New York in the you know 1940s, 1950s, I mean this is a godsend to have an assignment based photography business that you're able to do as well. Interestingly though, uh, Poussette Dart didn't accept every assignment that came his way. He was very selective in what 
what he did and wanted to keep everything within the art realm. So you see a lot of portraits of jazz musicians, classical musicians, other artists, um, you know, and that's that's kind of how he rolled in those terms. Um, now, where you do start to see the progressive portraiture come out, and I think this is the highlight of the photography works that you're going to see from Pousset Dart. And we start to see it here with Robert Flattery. And this, you're, you're going to see elements of pictorialism in these images, but almost this layer of kind of this smoke that comes in the way the light is, is probably reflecting in the lens. And this was done intentionally um, to start giving a layer of abstraction between uh, the viewer and the portrait. And I think this is quite interesting. Um, another one, this is a series of images of Betty Parsons. And this is her with a mask, um, African mask over on the side and these images are quite progressive as well because we're starting to see him play with multiple exposures and one of the things that Saul um, went on to state later in interviews that he was very impressed when he first met uh, Pousset Dart because he said he was doing these beautifully um, enlarged soft printing techniques using multiple exposures that had this quirky nod to pictorialism and you do see that and the multiple exposures I think are what are key here and make this work pretty significantly interesting. The other interesting thing about this image of Betty, and this is in 1948, and I don't know if you're familiar with who Betty Parsons was, she was a painter and a sculptor and was most known for starting this art gallery uh, called Betty Parsons Gallery. It was on 57th Street in New York for a number of years from the, I don't remember when it started, but probably the 40s through I think the early 80s is when it closed. And she's very significant, um, maybe not so much instrumentally, but she was one of the major advocates of abstract expressionism and painters. Uh, and getting their work out there. You know, this is a time when American art is really not taken as seriously as European art, even in the United States. And through the, her gallery and several others, she started to represent artists and really catapulted them into that sphere. And she represented some very big names, not only um, Richard Pousset Dart, but also uh, people like VM de Koning, uh, Mark Rothko, Jackson Pollock. Um, there were quite a few what who are today very big names that she represented. So in November of 1948, she did a solo show of Richard Pousset Dart's work. And these were all photographs. The show was called Brasses and Photographs. And they were mostly comprised of photographs of people like her. There's also um, some other artists that are represented here as well. Interesting things like, I love what he's done with the background here and that you start to see, um, I don't know if it was something he did with developer, but, but these abstractions that come in that make it quite interesting. And the whole thing is in very much soft focus. Um, here's a, a close-up of her eye, for instance. Um, but you're going to also start to see multiple exposures overlaid. Um, this is William Cogden, uh, where you have what appears to be some trees that are overlaid in the exposure as well. So multiple exposures is what we're working with here, but also straight photography as well. Uh, this is Brasso from 1950, and uh, it was probably not included in that show as it was a little bit too late. Uh, Saul, we looked at earlier. And uh, this is another Abex artist. Um, this is uh, Theodoros Stamos, who was a Greek artist. And I love the fact that these, much like what we see in Saul's work as well, is there is an informality to some of these portraits um, that is really beautiful. And so the work kind of blurs this line between formal and formal posing uh, and, and really has just a beautiful nature to it. I think the best of the best is the series that he did of Mark Rothko. And it's not, it doesn't feel to me like just 
you know, layered exposures. It seems to me like it is more composed. Um, wonderful picture of Mark Rothko smoking a cigarette, and you see the two exposures and how they play together. Uh, it's very mature work. It's very, I think, progressive, uh, especially when you consider this is 1950. And there's just a, a beautiful quality um, to these pictures that I think is just absolutely stunning, um, even with that nod to pictorialism. Um, he continued to photograph later, even though I think painting started to consume most of his career, and I think that's what he was probably the most serious about. Uh, but you do have evidence, um, you know, 50s and 60s, moving in the 70s, later photographs, and, you know, these were done with a lot with the subjects being friends, um, some of them were assignment-based, um, but he would do things, you know, this is obviously a violinist, he's overlaid a violin in the background. It doesn't quite capture the maturity of some of those early images, but still is quite good. This is an image of his son, uh, Jonathan Pousset Dart, who is a musician who, coincidentally, has a YouTube channel and has some wonderful interviews with his father um, that he's posted on there and uh, this was an image that was done in 1971 and then finally another one that I think is up there with the Rothko and this is a self-portrait from 1948 which I believe was in the brasses and photograph photograph show that was done at Betty Parsons gallery and you know what we're looking at here is somebody who wasn't really a photographer they, they, they of course it was very special to them um, his energy and emotions went into his painting works um, but there is left behind um, a small chunk of photography that I think is extremely important extremely interesting and you know if you compare what was going on here and and when I really came to, when most of this work came to my attention is when I was researching for Saul Leiter. When you see the influence of what goes back and forth here and being a very important photographer with a small body of work on that New York scene, Saul Leiter was shooting what were most unknown to most people until he presented them to Howard Greenberg in the 1990s, but these color slides. They also have these layers of abstraction that we see on there. His are not layered with multiple exposure, but they are layered uh, you know, visually using reflections, using shadows, uh, using just natural patterns that you see in street scenes, windows, um, whether they be with cars or on storefronts. And it's really interesting to see these two and their relationship being friends with one another and what an inspiration that Richard was to Saul. And I think this is particularly uh, interesting uh, because this is a significant body of work that kind of went on very quietly and is, until recently has not been very much known to us, I think, in the art world. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. Anyway, this is a great book. We didn't even begin to crack the surface. There's some beautiful images in here. Again, I will link this in the show notes, but this is the work of Richard Pousset Dart. I want to take a second and give a shout out to our sponsor today who are the awesome folks over at QuickBooks.com. If you are a small business owner like I am or if you're a freelancer then you probably know just how much fun taxes can be at the end of the year and you know that it's important to track all of your expenses and your income so that you're ready when it's time to file. The most important thing that you can do is use the right tools for the job and if you've ever heard of QuickBooks you know they are one of the industry leaders in finance accounting software and they now have plans that are tailored specifically to freelancers and small business owners. For a low monthly fee, you can track all of your income, sort your expenses between personal and business related, and depending on your plan, you can even invoice clients right from QuickBooks. Having the right tool is essential to make your work easier when tax time comes around. And now you can try QuickBooks absolutely free. They have a deal for Art of Photography viewers right now that will give you 30 days to check out QuickBooks and see if it's right for you. Just head over to tryselfemployed.com AOP and start your free trial today. That link once again is tryselfemployed.com slash AOP. And I want to give a special shout out and thanks once again to the folks at QuickBooks for sponsoring another episode of The Art of Photography.
Richard Pousset d'Art is a really interesting figure in the history of American art, and although he's not a very big name or not renowned as one of these great figures in photography, his work represents a really interesting and I think very important contribution to what we see as the history of photography, particularly that time period in New York of the 40s through 70s where you know a lot of experimental stuff was happening. Uh, this was post-World War II, and American art at that point hadn't been taken very seriously by, by museums, and this represented a shift by the creative output that was coming out of New York at that time. Um, anyway, I will admit that I really was not familiar with the, with the body of photography work that Richard Pousset d'Art did until I started researching Saul Leiter and had gotten into it. What's really interesting to me is that the way we kind of consume history in general, but definitely the history of photography, the history of art, is, you know, you start with the big important names. And for me, where it really gets interesting is when you start drilling down and there's some lesser figures that do some really important work. And when you start to see those tie-ins of how they relate to each other, not only as friends, but also as colleagues, and the way their work starts to tie into each other. It's really interesting. And this is something we're going to be doing more on the show uh, in the coming months, because kind of a lot of the research that I'm doing right now is really digging into, just because I'm so interested in it, um, that period of history in New York from, really, I think you could push it up and say the late 30s through the 60s, because it's such an important time in photography and history and what was being done. And there's a lot of names that are really important and really fascinating and just brilliant artists that are part of that that we don't recognize today. Anyway, so more of that to come. Anyway, as always, if you enjoyed this video, please remember to hit the like button and share it with your friends. And remember to subscribe to get all the latest and greatest updates free of charge delivered directly to you. So hit that subscribe button. It helps us, helps the channel, and we're going to provide more cool stuff for you as the weeks come. Anyway, once again, guys, this has been another episode of The Art of Photography. I'll see you guys in the next video. Later.